this coming year is going to be the first AI elections from for the US and for the UK. This is going to be the first time we see AI being used to influence... You heard it here first. First AI elections. <laughs> yes. robots, are, are robots are being elected. Hopefully. I think it'll probably do a better <laughs> job. Resistance is futile. Welcome to the podcast. Where we explore what's happening with AI, business, automation and culture and ask... Where on earth is all this going? Jamie. Dave. Welcome back. Thank you. AI and politics, who controls the algorithms? Mm. That's what we're going to be exploring. Okay. Hot button issues like data privacy. Yeah. So exciting. Sexy. Fake news, though. Yeah, that is Big issue, right? Yeah. Um, and democracy in the digital age. Okay. These are the sorts of things that we want to talk about here, yeah. where the rubber meets the tarmac um, for AI and democracy generally. Yeah. So I want you to think about Sam Altman, right? Yep. Because he He's seems nice, nice guy. enough. Nice yeah, guy, right? Nice guy. Open AI, yep. um, CEO, seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't pretend that he's got some Machiavellian agenda. Yep. Um, but what if the guy that comes after him isn't so good? Yep. So who controls the AI technology, yep. or at least who's influencing it, yep. matters massively. Absolutely, yes. I think the way to look at this issue is to reverse, if not reverse, let's, let's give Sam Altman a personality and a... Um, a, a citizenship that's totally different. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say his name was Li Wei. Okay. And instead of ChatGPT, he was the head of a Chinese-based tech startup funded by Huawei and yep. the Chinese government. Yep. Okay. Um, the aim of it was to tighten the grip of state control and search requests. Yep. Maybe even give some inquiries a subtle bit of propaganda twist mm. in an all-too-human way. Yeah, yeah. So it all feels nice. Yeah, um, subtle. And subtle, but... yeah, you know, um, Or even... Um, you know, then export that technology to other authoritarian-leaning countries. Yeah, all in it together. Yeah, so how would we feel if, you know, the Sam Altman experience was viewed from overseas, basically? I think I think we'd, we'd be worried. We would be. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the idea that, that, is, that this is not a problem mm. to other countries yes. politically yeah. means that, you know, the, there's, a, there's got to be it's not a question of if there's an AI information war going on. Yeah. It's it's um when when did it start? Yes. And how far advanced are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that should help maybe frame the issue. Okay. So that it's not going to stop just because, say, Sam Altman says, you know what, actually, we will yeah, have yeah. a pause for six months. Yeah. There's, it's, the genie was out of the bottle years ago. It's just that it's become much more public yes. now. Um, so so talking about this in, in that framework, we'll see, look um, – the Chinese government and the Chinese big companies have been working on this for years. In yep. fact, many argue that they're ahead. Further ahead, definitely. Of, because they've got the data. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So they've got the population and the yeah. data to uh, to really have a handle on this. Mm. And perhaps they are, I presume, exporting that technology to you know friends and allies. Yes. So um, so we're in a war of sorts yep. already. Yep. Uh, and, and so and <coughs> this stuff will accelerate. And yes, of course, there's the potential for benign developments to come out of it mm. but we got to really grapple with the idea that uh, a cambridge analytica on steroids yes is a possibility yeah yeah um, yes and so that's what we, we want to explore so um how do how do we get into this what's your first of all on that whole issue what is your skynet versus night rider sort of um you know one to ten sort of scale of worry you know is this in i'm the- halfway i'm because i don't know 
I don't know this. This this. Well, halfway C three PO is useful but annoying. I think yeah. this is <laughs> slightly this is higher, slightly a little bit further up. Yeah, but I but but it could go either way. And I think I think this is probably going to be the greatest challenge and 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 the the topic that needs to be looked at the most because who do you rely on to to make these decisions? Is it the government to make these decisions? Is it the the um, technology companies, the large technology companies? Uh, of which they all have different agendas. Um, my scepticism with the the government is that they they can't even control things already. You know, uh, online pornography of kids and the impact of social media on 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 teenagers, that type of thing. Outside of China, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, yeah, so that China's the other way of of dealing with it, which is you lock everything down, you control everything. Um, and if they can't even control that yet, in 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 kind of the Western world. How on earth are they going to... They're, they're, they're so far behind, and that's my biggest concern. So then what they do is, they, I suppose, it kind of outsource some of that decision-making and, and um, agenda to the technical companies or people who are in tech, but they have their own agendas, you know, profit and, uh, and more users and more subscribers. So I think this is going to be a real battlefield, for want of a better word, in terms of how, how this gets, it gets done. Um, Someone said something recently at this uh, this APPG event in in, um, in Parliament, and it was like the most important decision is who is in the room when these decisions are being made. Being made, and we're not just talking about politicians, not just talking about tech, but actually, you know, real human beings like you and me, people in industry, people, you know, in public sector, teachers, nurses, doctors, because because this has its fingers in everything. These do need to be part of that conversation. That's something that was talked about in Suleiman's book, The Next Wave, yes. about perhaps having some form of democratic accountability. And he suggested uh, community assemblies. I yeah. think, no, that's not the right term. Like but town to, hall kind of things. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so to get engagement. Absolutely. Um, and the level of the level of democracy that you need mm. for that, you you really have to have it kind of global you can't just do this in little nation states and i think yeah. that's one of the things that i think is really challenging about this because you're you're talking about things that would need to be regulated at a global level yep. or at least a global agreement level yeah so the, the idea that you know country level uh, community meetings yes. get together and work this out yeah. in one country is, is fine but of course the coordinating all that would yep. be huge so really what you're likely to get is uh, a couple of countries might really probably the nordic countries are, yep. who you know really pro-social on these sorts of things yep. might get together and go look we've got this protocol um and everybody else goes yeah we'll just vote it through parliament yep. uh, or whatever yeah but the the idea that it could be global and coordinated it seems very far-fetched to, at this stage but yeah. may maybe possible with these with these better digital but tools look at, look at look at social media as an example social media is something which they know is causing problems for for teens and for kids, and you know, in terms of image, in terms of how they feel, their mental health, that type of thing. Yeah. This is a global problem. You know, okay, you could say maybe not in China because it's so locked down, but it's a global problem, and there is no global consensus. And what happens is, as soon as they put controls in somewhere, either the companies that run those things move to to somewhere that they can run it without having uh, being blocked, or the other side is that in, in that case, you'll have the kids accessing these things through the back door so that they can still continue to use it. So it's VPNs, it, your VPNs, whatever it might be. It's, it's, it, it, this really is a big challenge. Yeah. So that, that, that is the, that's the challenge overall. I wondered if, um, if 
there's a uh, local version of that we could talk about just for the UK, for example, mm. just to get a handle on the stuff perhaps they're more familiar with. Yeah. What are the tools that a government might have or you know, businesses might have or individuals might have to, to I guess, insulate themselves at least from the worst of these threats that mm. are, you know, whether it be you know, campaign shenanigans, whether it be, um, you know, a government manipulating information or yeah. just um, vocal pressure groups uh, manipulating uh, voter sentiment. I mean, yes. the, the, what, are, what are, I guess, both, if you can, two sides of the coin here, mm. maybe just um, what comes to mind when you, what sort of problems you can see AI presenting yeah. and then also what possible solutions there might be. So I think the the main one is that this, this year, this coming year, is going to be the first AI elections from for the US and for the UK. This is going to be the first time we see AI being used to influence. You heard it here first. First AI elections. <laughs> yes. Robots are, are robots are being elected. Hopefully, I think it would probably do a better <laughs> job, less scandal. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. So at the moment, so we kind of saw this with um, some of the Trump elections and and some of the things that have happened in the UK as well. But that was done when it was algorithms, and by algorithms we mean you know humans having to program things that you know if this demographic of people like this and we want to kind of sway, swing their vote then we should do this and it's very intensive and it's very kind of labor intensive and, and difficult ai really enables that to the this concept of hyper personalization for the messaging that you're going to be receiving and and hyper personalization is one of the big things of ai anyway in, in a whole uh kind of different realms different realms as well so the idea is is that if a particular political party wants a certain demographic to, to start voting for them, it will learn very quickly who those people are. And it can go right down. You know, it could be, you know, men aged between 46 and 48 who like wearing black T-shirts with subversive messages on them. Um, and, um, you know, it can go really down to a granular level. For those not watching the video version of this, <laughs> uh, I've got a uh, black T-shirt on with a simulation... Uh, but with the end code symbol. It's very, very geeky. Very yeah. nerdy. <laughs> yeah, very nerdy. And, and you know what? The, the cheeky thing is I saw it and thought, I like the look of that. And then only afterwards, <laughs> I, I looked at what it meant. It's, yeah. uh, so I'm no coder. No. <laughs> but I, I got a nerd's t-shirt, didn't I? Anyway, there you go. <laughs> so um, so what they'll be able to do, what the AI will be able to do is hyper-personalize the messages to, to such a granular level to specific people because it understands what those people like, what they've been looking at, what they've, what they what their political sway is. And it can influence them in a language using imagery that would really work on them. You know, it's kind of marketing, but but used in, in that, that way. And would the experience on the receiving end be like, oh, well, obviously, uh, this is a robot talking to me. No, or not. I don't it's know. Be... I don't think so. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, when you look on Twitter or when, or Excel, or when you look on Facebook or Instagram and things like that, you know, you know that it's being curated for you. But we tend to be okay with that. You know, that's why there's popular, you know, people don't really think, oh, I'm not going to use that because it's doing that. Or maybe a very small demographic do that. If it's still compelling. Yeah. You're going to that's, engage with it. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and and I think it's going to be so subtle as well. So it's not going to be obvious that, you know, you're getting all these adverts from a particular political party. It's going to be that you start to see stories that exactly. are, that are relevant or, you know, comments. Yeah, It's going to be so... Just for you. Just for you, yeah. Uh, and, you know, here's this toxic message uh, yes. that's been dressed up as a story. That's right. Um, yeah. that we don't even know is true. You don't. Know. So in the uh, 
last election, right, there was uh, lots of people in the States, yes. for example, were talking about these robocalls they were getting. Right. And so they were using sophisticated algorithms. Well, it was AI then, yeah. but it was just like not called that. And uh, you'd get these calls, you know, incessant calls, you know, seeing if you were voting and yeah. so on. But you knew it was a robot. Yeah. And at the worst, that was five. You know, it was C-3PO yeah. useful <laughs> for the for the pollsters and for the parties perhaps yeah. but, but actually really annoying yeah but you know so people knew it was a, a bot mm. um didn't didn't love it but at least they were aware of the fact that yeah. it was a bot and they could just hang up yes. um so that was just uh, like intrusive annoying and ultimately probably counterproductive because if you knew which party it's from you, yeah, yeah it might you know, reduce your reduce your, your, your yeah. interest in voting for them um whereas this is going to be much more mm. like you just don't know what subtle, stuff subtle, this is. Very, very you know, subtle. An account that might look like a human being and everything. Yeah. And it's not. Well, I mean, the, although this isn't specifically politics, this gets into the realm of what uh, Meta have just released with their, um, uh, for Instagram, and effectively will be Facebook as well. So they've got the concept of avatars, kind of Meta AI avatars. And these are going to be um, accounts in Instagram as if it's a person, mm. but it won't be. It'll be an AI and you can interact with it. You can like the pictures it puts up there. You can comment on it and then get replies and things like that. So imagine that from the kind of political slant on that. You know, it's it's this real kind of question of where does reality end and fake, fake stuff kind of starts. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's going to become harder and harder for us to to see where those where those boundaries are. And so let's talk about some of the things that both you could do as an individual and as a business, and maybe mm-hmm. then we'll talk about the bigger stuff. Yeah, um, to protect yourself from it, to to perhaps filter it. Yeah, and uh, and then we can talk about perhaps legislation that might be worth looking mm. at and the sort yes. of tools that we we, we could uh, you know ask for. Yeah, but uh, what do you think is some of the stuff that people could do uh, for themselves as individuals or to protect their businesses from you know all sorts of well, we're talking about politics here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if it's relevant for businesses, um, but you might have something in mind. But talk about individuals definitely. Yeah. So I think some of the things that you and I have spoken about is in terms of fact checking and 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 really, you know, the, the stuff that's coming through. It, you, it, I suppose it's educating yourself to the fact that this may not be real, and not just assuming that what you're reading is real or what you're hearing or watching on 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 videos is real, and actually go and find the facts for yourself. What worries me is that that people don't tend to do that, and I don't think they're going to change. Um, so in terms of some of the tools, we'll get onto the subject of NFTs, which is, uh, what, uh, I don't, I don't know a lot about NFTs. I understand the concept of them. And that for anyone who's listening, it's the idea that you can effectively mark something as being kind of genuine or from, from something digitally. Like a, like a digital watermark. Yeah. Digital watermark is perfect. And, and potentially when something is done by AI, maybe it's watermarked with the fact that this has been generated you know, whether it's a red, green or orange, you know, the same way when you go to the supermarket and you buy food and it's the sugar's high or low, it might be something like that. And at least then you have the option of making a decision as to whether you believe that or not believe that. The thing that you're talking about, though, is that's already something that would need to be negotiated as regulation, right? Yes. At, at yeah. least a national level. Yes. And it's, I think it was Yuval Noah Harari that brought that up as an idea that at a minimum standard, yes. anything that is AI should be labeled yes and that it should not be an escapable optional thing to do yeah. it should be you by law have to do that yeah and of course yeah we could we could argue about how does that get enforced and so on yeah, yeah. however 
and there's lots of things that we've done at a global level because we realized we needed to yes um, after usually after a massive crisis i'm yeah. afraid um so it's not impossible it's just that the uh desire to do it seems low down on the list and i'm yeah. afraid there probably needs to be something broken before that happens well, other, which is a shame there's another flip side i was at an event i was on this panel and they asked it was about deep fakes and they said how can we how can we detect when whether something is deep fake and it kind of is the flip side of this was actually maybe it should be watermarked digitally watermarked when it's human and do oh, it that it? way because if that way you know we are humans this is this is real this is fact checked or whatever and it's watermarked for that and then things if they don't have that then you know that it's okay. you have to take your own kind of take on it and given that you know you could have a ai assisted churn of content yes much larger than the stuff that humans would make that's yes. probably more practical as well yes so that's an interesting yeah because version. because in the, in the case of the deep fakes the question was how can we detect if there's if it's a deep fake and the reality is like with cybersecurity, is that it's going to be a cat and mouse game as soon as there's a tool to detect if it's deep fake someone will find a way to get around the back of it but if you say this is by a human well until of course the ai and the the, the bad actors start labeling the non-human stuff as humans <laughs> yeah it was it george burns uh success is all about authenticity if yeah. you can fake that you've got it made yeah that's it. <laughs> good old george burns no one will have heard of him unless they're uh they're um over 50 okay so the tools for mitigating this sort of problem mm. you've talked about are don't exist yet and are at the national at least level of regulation yeah so that's something that we might be able to pressure for mm -hmm. and it might be a solution that people can get behind but is there anything that you feel people can do apart from their own individual vigilance there's no sort of filter there's no vpn for ai no um that exists yet so we're really in at the moment we're in the wild west right yep yep yeah, yeah, it is, it, I, there's nothing that I can think of that does yeah. it at the moment. There's plenty of things around cybersecurity and there's a lot of stuff around, you know, you could think of this kind of like phishing, you know, in um, yeah, yeah. in cybersecurity. Um, and you have things that detect if, if it's a phishing email, but even those get bypassed, you know, when and they get cleverer and cleverer and cleverer. Yeah. I guess you might get something that's like that, that acts as a bit of a filter to the information. But the problem, I think, is that if you think of it in, in, in the terms of email, that is email coming into your productivity program. But a lot of this stuff is going to be social media. So unless the social media company decides that they want to protect you against that, then you can't do much. You can't layer anything really over the top of that. So we're screwed. Yeah. AI expert says we're screwed. That's <laughs> uh, the end of the show. for that. <laughs> uh, So, um, all right. Well, look, I think um, in that sense, let's go to if we had a magic wand we could go to the global level mm -hmm. and set regulations that even the chinese would want to be involved in i say yeah. even the chinese but but they're the other side of the coin here yeah um, we've got a very different approach to data yes um, and so and so the recent sort of summit the bletchley park summit mm -hmm. included china uh, which i think yeah was very important to do yeah it was topical um to to get at least uh, international uh, leaders talking about this issue mm -hmm. and i think uh, what came out of that was signing of a protocol at least yep. of like you know we need to have some ai safety yes. so it was at the level of yeah okay look it might be a problem and probably yeah, yeah. we'll probably do something probably one day well I, when i went to the the follow-up event to that um it was interesting because a few people that were there as well we were talking afterwards and they were saying this is 
there's a lot of people talking about what maybe we should be doing and maybe we should do this and maybe we should, but no one's actually committing to anything really, like nothing concrete. Again, that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. It's because we're in an AI war yes. and everybody's positioning yeah, themselves yeah. To, to, to see what the advantage is yeah. and what's the disadvantage. Yes. And, and that does you know worry me mm. maybe i'm easily worried but in the sense that you know if you've got people just setting up for the fall or some crisis and then they'll react to it yeah which seems to be the default position yep. with new uh developments like this yes then you know uh, politically it could be like a nuclear bomb yeah it's collateral damage isn't it all these people yeah. that are going to have to suffer first Hiroshima and then we go actually yeah. do you know what maybe nuclear weapons should have maybe some sort of yes. protocol around it yeah. or, or whatever which- there was actually there was someone someone raised a good point which which made me think about this kind of stuff when I was at this event and their argument was that rather, rather than wait what we should do is find out what everyone wants and then design the, because we're at a point now where we can design the AI kind of how we want it to work and and what came to mind was, and I went and Googled it afterwards, was um, I think it was Henry Ford's quote, something like, if you'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse, yes. something along the yeah, lines yeah. of that. And it kind of, you know, then again, you get kind of butting up against this. You get innovation versus if we ask everyone what they want for AI, okay, we might end up with something, but it's not going to necessarily be innovative, innovative because it needs... it needs something that's not what we're currently doing to to uh, to, to work. Can it be the negatives? Can we do you know, the things that we want are, yes. or the not wants? Yes. These are the things we don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it, Maybe you don't know what we don't want. We, I mean, uh, I think the only things that feel different this time, as it were, is it, it feels much bigger and harder to get a handle on mm. what the crisis it might cause yes. would look like. Yeah. Uh, yet it does feel like that there's something that's inescapable there yeah. um, that we just haven't encountered yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you th- see it possible that in 10 or 15 years time, though, we could look back and go, oh, those worries about, you know, political uh, implications of AI, they were, they were way overblown. What we worried about, it was no big deal. And we just breeze on through. No. <laughs> is the short That's pretty answer. clear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. I think... It's a really short podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? No. Um no, because this is we've all seen how how much of a uh, an impact that it's having so far, and we're literally just at the. Funnily enough, I looked in my diary. It was on the sixth of December last year that I first first sent a message to my business partner saying, "Have you seen this thing, ChatGPT?" You know, that's how how far we've come in one year, and and because of that, and and it's you know, if it was just a fleeting thing, it wouldn't still be in the news all the time. There wouldn't be summits. There wouldn't be. All this stuff going on. I mean, we're at the beginning. We're at the foothills. Mm. So, no, I don't think it's something that we're going to look back and go, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. look how we worried. At least in the, so at least on, on the politics, uh, on democracy, mm. it's a to be advised moment that we're in. And all we can do really is try to shape the likely places where problems will pop up. Yes. And do what we can to make people aware of them, I guess. And so yeah. in that sense, it's almost on the nerds, which I'm like, I'm adjacent to nerds yeah. and that I'm really? interested in this stuff. <laughs> and I have, I, I may sound like uh, a nerd interest, but I don't have the technical or mechanical mm. ability in this space. It's not my area. Yes. It's just that I see what's going on. I'm fascinated yeah. with it. And I think it's up to total nerds 
um, and nerd adjacent people like me. Yeah, uh, nerd to, adjacent. I like that. That's to, <laughs> to you know, to bring this up yeah. and try to make it available and accessible in language that people can talk about socially. Yes, and uh, and to make these concerns valid. I think because that's something I notice. It's not so much that people are dismissive. It's just that the concern, there's tons of other things going on in the world mm. that are very worrying and why should this be a priority? Yeah. And I don't know if it ought to be the priority, but to, to have a zero priority, especially when it comes to democracy, yes. just really feel like that's, uh, I really feel like that's, that's too much complacency. Yeah, and also I think to play into that as well is the kind of the instability of a lot of governments at the moment and, and a lot of uncertainty seems to be shoving this pretty far down the track as well you know and plus adding things like global warming and all the all, all the the the, um, the environment you know it's which one do we pick you know i mean the argument could be that ai could save us environmentally you know some of the advantages that it will give us but um no i think it has to be high up in the gender and it, and it is a very strange a strange um concept because this really does have to involve the nerds, the 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 the, the non-nerds, and the politicians and economics—it it really is something, and I think that's what makes it so hard to grasp. It's it's like trying to grab jelly. It's 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 everywhere and nowhere, all at the same time. And it's and how how do we, you know, we, we as as human beings, we're not particularly good at dealing with subjects that are manageable. So how do we deal with this, which is all-encompassing? Yeah, there's a there's a it was you'd be interested in this because you're interested in psychology but mm. the i don't know what the study was i'm not going to try and cite it it's just anecdotal there yeah. was a um a look at how we perceive our future selves mm -hmm. and the the idea of the study was to to discover um how we relate to seeing ourselves in the future and therefore how we can plan right yes. and as individuals and collectively we're really bad at actually empathizing with our own future self. We're better yes. actually at empathizing with other people in yes. the present. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's why we it's very hard to get people to plan for pensions and all yep. sort of stuff because they can't picture themselves yes. in, in five, 10 or 15 years very easily. Yeah. Um, and they can't relate. That yeah. It's almost like that's a totally different person. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's the same, I think, with this sort of thing. It's like, mm. it's not just that we're stuck in the present. We can't picture ourselves in the situations that might be really problematic. Yeah. Uh, let alone uh, deal with ways of of circumventing it. Yes. So the, the these scenarios are too exotic yes. at the moment. Yeah. Um, and until, sadly, I think there's more clarity on what the real issues are through, I hope not a big mishap, but yeah. some sort of like near miss moment where it's like, oh, actually, yeah. You know, um, that wake might, up, a kind of wake up. Call. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We might go, okay, well, actually, yeah, this is now a priority, and and these are the tools that we can use to solve it. Um, so. That's my optimistic take on it. Do you, can you, I mean, I always like analogies as ways of kind of framing things. And I can't think, as, as you were speaking there, and, and something I do think about is, is I can't think of a similar analogy to AI and its potential impacts in the world that we can look at and say, okay, that was another, that was a, a similar challenge. You know, you could say, okay, the internet, but that didn't really, it's, it's different. You know, it's it's not quite the same. And I can't think of something because I think if you can do that, you can kind of, kind of hook into that and ah okay that. well we did touch on this briefly in the uh, first episode but we were talking about nuclear weapons yes as being analogous and yeah. Suleiman's talked about this in the in the coming wave mm. um the idea that the, what started out as completely unregulated you know free-for-all yes um indiscriminate 
um, bombings yeah. of people indiscriminate, very planned bombings, yeah. should I say, but um, that, that killed hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Was and there was no cap on that. I mean, when you look at where the United States was mm. um, at the end of World War Two, it was like well, these nuclear weapons potentially could have been used by them anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's actually quite remarkable that they didn't just yes. shut down any country they want and say with the threat of nuclear arms. Yeah. They didn't for whatever reason. I uh, was quite a remarkable bit of history. But then, all the way through to uh, now. Whether you think it's a success or not doesn't matter. They're highly regulated. The getting access to the materials to make them is difficult. Yes. And it's not quite analogous there because yes. these are very accessible tools. But the point is we went from a totally unregulated mm. uh, use of nuclear weapons to a highly regulated non-use of weapons so far. But I think that the I, – I see what what you're saying, but it, it's it's still quite different in the – a nuclear bomb is was all about the kind of the end point of someone dropping that bomb and it and there were nation people. states only nation states could really yeah even and only still... they could do it. whereas AI is like it's like oxygen you know it, it it's, uh, it's a strange thing to say but it's everywhere and in in our work in our play in our interactions it's I'm just every, breathing in you're breathing you're breathing in algorithms yeah and it, that's the thing that I'm I'm kind of struggling with in terms of how to, to find a similar analogy. Oh, I see. You know, in order to like, stop it, we'd have to stop taking oxygen because our yeah, world is run yeah, using so, so, this so stuff. So maybe something like, you know, let's say they've now discovered that slowly within the next five years, the oxygen is going to turn into, I don't know, I'm not a chemist, but nitrogen, for example, in, in the atmosphere. What do we do? Um, because that is something that would absolutely impact every single thing that we do and every interaction that we have. And AI kind of feels like that. And it's so difficult to grab. You can't grab oxygen and you can't say, okay, well, I'm just going to have a bubble of my own oxygen that I'm going to, to breathe. Do you see what I mean? It's, 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 it's everywhere. Okay. That- so, so again, we're screwed um, on <laughs> that one. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> but no, there's, um, I think there is not so much that it's completely analogous to nuclear weapons yeah, so yeah. much. What I'm saying is, that that seemed insurmountable then. Yes, yes. As a, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be complacent and say, oh yeah, we've solved nuclear no, 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 Of no, course not, we've got yes. some serious problems. But imagine a world without proliferation yeah, treaties, yeah. right? Um, so, so therefore, the things that are required to solve a problem with AI that we might or might not have yes. would be equally ambitious. Yes. If not way more so. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I think we are yet to invent the kind of tools, not just regulation, but mm. personally, I think more democracy, yes. but at a universal level, right? We just don't have well, any platform for that. As, that- as, you're, as you're speaking and as I'm thinking, actually, the, uh, the closest thing to this is the environment. It's something that impacts everyone. It, it goes through to everyone. It's a global thing. It could potentially kill us all, yep. you know, and it's and and but we can't seem to be getting that right either, you know, in terms of okay, we might, you know, the UK I think is very good in terms of what it's doing, yep. but then you've got China or India and you know, just steaming ahead, you know, it kind of. So maybe that's another close. Yeah, it might be, and it might turn out uh, that the tools that we put into place for um, you know CO two emissions, for mm. example, um, and and how we work that out may be as dramatic and quick as we solve the tools for AI yes. if it's a problem based on a crisis. Yeah. Uh, and I came, I'm coming back to that. I'm, I am pinching from The Fourth Turning is Here, yeah. just out by Neil Howe. Yeah. If you've not read The Fourth Turning, which mm-hmm. was his book written with a, um, a partner who died in the early 2000s, then, um, then you would 
you know not need to go back and read it because he goes over all of that again mm. but actually he was talking about a lot of it was political yeah um, and it, it is about you know the u.s in particular seen through the u.s eyes but the fact that we go through these cycles and the the ways that we create real innovation and i don't just mean technological yeah i mean social yes um and political uh through crises yes. unfortunately yeah, yeah, yeah um and the optimistic thing i think was that it's possible that the crisis doesn't have to be incredibly dramatic they yeah. have been yes they don't have to be so it might be that we just maybe mm. we're better equipped this time around perhaps because of ai we're yeah. able to analyze things better um, and see possible outcomes uh, system dynamics is something I don't I don't pretend I won't mm. understand it at all but using AI in system dynamics is giving uh, scientists modeling tools yes. for certain outcomes like climate change yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that um, uh, and maybe be able to even self-analyze the sort of problems we might have politically and go well this is what happens if you maybe you can solve its own problems yeah yeah, yeah. the actually useful tech segment okay Jamie let's take a break and uh, dive into one of our segments this yep. one is the actually useful segment yeah all right i would Who'd like to <laughs> yes. finally yes finally. finally finally three episodes in or four you know how many we are at um now this one i lean very heavily on you i will never i don't think be able to do this one justice mm -hmm. um apart from maybe some little tools here and there but you're yep. the ai expert so it'd be nice to know what tools you've discovered that you think might be actually useful for our listeners yeah okay so this is a nice story about a friend of mine who um, has been using ChatGPT the way that most people have started using it for, you know, doing LinkedIn posts and that type of thing. Um, unfortunately, her mother was unwell and, and um, they had, she had all these kind of oncology reports. And her mother is a little bit older and she wanted to explain to her what they meant. And she didn't quite understand herself because it's all in this very you know, kind of, you know, medical language and a whole load of chemicals and all these it's kind Egyptian, of things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's impossible to understand. So she uploaded them into ChatGPT or typed it, you know, copy and pasted the reports into ChatGPT and asked it to explain it like as a lay person and in an empathic way. And she said, actually, the entire experience was fantastic because in a, in a, a scary situation, she was able to understand what it meant. She had the time to digest it. If she had questions, she could ask back again, kind of to, to really. I was going to say, that's be the big thing is like yeah. follow up questions as well. Yeah. 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 Because we've all been in those situations with doctors where you're, you're, you're like a rabbit in the headlights. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's it? overwhelming. And it's only when you walk out, you think of the questions. And she was able then to explain to her mum, kind of put her at, at ease and, and both of them at ease. And I just thought that was a lovely story of where, you know, this, this scary thing of AI, which, which people are worried about, actually could be very helpful. You know, so I think that that's a nice story of AI. Good AI. So we'll think we'll leave it on a hopeful note yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Till next time. Thank you.